Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you here again on another episode. And I'm also excited about my special guest, Judah Lipicella. He is going to be here today to talk about a very uh, interesting subject that we need to talk about, and that's talking about starving the flesh. But before we get started, I'm going to read a little bit about Judah so you can know a little bit about him. Uh, God has shown Judah on the biblical reality that Jesus wants to have a relationship with every person on the earth. Judah's heart, passion, and joy is to share the truth of Jesus with all people and to imperfectly do his best to accurately represent Jesus in each and every person that he encounters. Judah is an author of, uh, of the number one best-selling release of Star of the Flesh. He is also a YouVersion Bible app partner, specifically for a devotional writing, as well as an ordained evangelist and co-founder of American Revival Ministries. And so I'm so excited to have him here today. And Judah, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. How are you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You know, today has not been the greatest day, but it's because, you know what? The devil is scared about what God's about to do right now. See, there's mm-hmm. someone listening right now. They feel hopeless. They feel broken. They've turned this podcast on as their last hope. And God's saying, I'm not done with you. I love you. And the devil has tried to stop this message from happening. But God, he loves you, listener, as you listen to this. And he wants you to get this message. He could not stop what the Lord wants to do. So I, I have not been the greatest day, but I'm, I praise God I'm here because you know what? He's going to move powerfully. So thank you so much for having me on your show. It is an absolute honor. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being a part. And if you let the listeners know just a little bit about yourself that I hadn't spoken yet. Absolutely. So I uh, have been following the Lord for about almost eight years now. And the Lord just saved me from just a, a crazy life of, uh, you know, uh, sexual immorality and debauchery and, and drugs and alcohol and all the things that the world promotes mm-hmm. will fulfill you, but it never did. And so I had an encounter with Jesus back in 2015 that changed my life. You know, I, re- I was raised a Christian, but I had an encounter with the living God, the one that our lived, the, the living word, the Holy Bible, the only word of God speaks about. Because there's a lot of people, and just like myself growing up, I, I read the word, I, I read about God. But I, at 18 years old, I came to know him. And so that's the reality. When we read God's word, it's not reading about him. We actually get to know the person we're reading about. The Bible is the only book where the author actually present. That's just the reality. If you read my book, I'm not going to be present with you when you read it. <laughs> I'm not blind to wherever you are to sit with you and read it. But the Bible 
is the only book where the author is present with you at all times. You know what's crazy? He's been present with you even when you didn't pick up the Bible. He's been present with you even when you weren't expecting him to be present with you. And he's present with you now, and he's present with you when you pick up the Bible. And so I encountered the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, the only way to know God, the one and only way, and he changed my life, and I've been radically and passionately following Jesus ever since. And so that's just a little bit about myself. We have a a ministry, evangelistic ministry, our hearts for everyone to know Jesus, because that's God's heart. His Word says he desires all people to repent. That's why he hasn't come back yet, because he loves you. That, that person you're listening right now, you feel hopeless. You feel like you're unforgivable. He loves you. You are worth forgiving to him. That's why he died for you and rose again. And so we have this ministry. We have a book, Starve the Flesh, where God actually delivered me and healed me of things I was going through as I wrote it. And then by the time I was done, he delivered me of social anxiety, and I've been free ever since. And so just a little bit about myself. To God be all the glory, because I would not be here without him. I'm living proof of the living God, the living God, and a living proof of the loving God. So, yeah. Amen. And you know, Judah, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode today and just interviewing you because we're talking about starving the flesh. And you know what? In a world that glorifies fleshly desires and, you know, glorifying and making it acceptable to just live any kind of way, and you know, opposite of God's word, contrary to his word and uh, just all the things that are being glorified in the world to just satisfy the lust of the flesh and to satisfy ourselves. It makes it a lot ch- more challenging for the new believers that are coming in because you constantly have it blared before you um, every single day. Uh, we see that that's being blared before us. So I'm sure that's one of the reasons why you wrote the book. But tell us why you were led to write the book, Starving the Flesh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it it was such a God thing. I was not expecting to write a book. And it was so I was in bed one night and just talking to the Lord. And I prayed a prayer that, you know, I didn't really even expect to hear back from God on. I was just frustrated. I, I was going through a hard time. Uh, my parents were going through a divorce. And really one way that the devil attacked me and tried to isolate me was by social anxiety. It got to the point that I didn't even want to, I didn't want to leave my house. That's how oppressive it was. I didn't even want to leave my house. I didn't want to be in public. It was really bad, y'all, really bad. And so I was in bed one night. I was dealing with other things. I said, Lord, I'm just like a bit of frustration. Lord, how do I kill my flesh? Not even expecting to hear anything, just like, just chatting out. And this is probably the only time I've ever heard the audible voice of God, or one of the only times, and I heard him say, starve the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he meant fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I went into about 23 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, no, I did not just drink water. God bless you if you can do that. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll die. Maybe someday, uh, but uh, I'm not there yet. But so, you know, abstain from some things. Um, to put God first. And every day, about uh, every day or every other, basically every day I worked on the book and I wrote a chapter. And um, by the end of, it was about 23 days. And by the end of that, God had totally done a work in my life and freed me miraculously and supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit and for his glory from social anxiety. And I've never walked back. I've been free ever since. And the reality is this. God freed me from something I felt like I could never be free from. And the reality is God will free you from something that you thought you could never, you would never be free from. 
Amen. Amen. And, you know, some may be listening right now and saying, well, that's good for you, Judah. But, you know, I'm struggling with many addictions in my life. Is it possible for a true a person to truly be free of any addiction and why? That's a, that's a great question. And, and the Bible, and this is why we always need to go, go back to God's word. And that's why I encourage you as a listener uh, of this podcast and, and with anything you listen to, any sermon, Always take it back to the Word of God. See, mm-hmm. I, I saw I saw a quote a quote recently that you know books. I'll say this as an author: books are the stream. We this podcast, us right now, we're a stream. We're not the river. We're not the well. That's that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we hope that as you participate in this podcast and as you participate in my book and connecting with us, that this stream that we are leads up to the source because all the glory goes to the source, and the source is Jesus. And so we have to be fixated on this word. So what his word says is that there's people, there's brothers and sisters all over the world going through what you're going through. See, the devil wants you to feel isolated. The devil wants you to feel like there's no one else in the world going through what you're going through. But the reality is God's word is perfectly, infallibly true. He says there's other people. And the reality is in times I've felt like I've alone, I was alone, uh, I end up meeting someone that I'm able to minister to because of something I went through, because they're going something through something that's very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is not a liar. God is not a liar. The devil is the father of lies. So we don't, we don't want to trust the worldly things with the fleshly desires and all those things. I'm going to trust the God of, the God of peace and the, and the one who is truth, and that's Jesus. And, and anyways, the word says that, that, that you're not alone. There's people going through this. If he did it for me, he's willing to do it for you. And I'm not saying that, oh, my book is the only way and you have to read my book to be free. No, here's the thing. My book is just a tool that the Lord's using, and it might be, God might be calling you to read it. He might not. But the reality is, I believe that if you put God first, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, he'll give you everything you need. And and, and Jesus even talked about where things coming out by fasting and prayer. So sometimes we've experienced miraculous encounters at a church service, and and we were free. Other times, maybe it's more of a lengthy time through fasting and prayer. Man, you might be going through an addiction 5, 10 years, 15, 25 years in, and you think there's no hope. But you could be one one prayer away from your miracle, one prayer away from victory, one prayer away from overcoming the thing you thought, the the thing that has overcome you. Uh And so I promise you, one, you're not alone. Two, he's willing. He is willing to deliver you and free you. But I, I challenge you with this. Do you believe that he can? Do you believe that he loves you enough? Do you believe that you're worthy? Because the reality is, God showed his real love. He didn't just say words like, I love you. We, we, we live in a culture where everyone says they love you, but no one shows it with their actions said with his actions that he loves you by determining your value with the blood of his son on the cross. Mm-hmm. Here, how is value determined? Value is determined by the price that is paid. Your value is determined by the reality that your price, the price has been paid for you. The most priceless thing of all, Jesus Christ His blood was paid for you. That determines your value. Your value is in the cross of Christ. 
value is in the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross of Christ. That determines your value. What people have said about you, words like slut, whore, uh, you know, worthless, degenerate, useless. Now we're going to talk about these things, suicidal, depressive. What identity has the devil tried to lie you about? And the things that people call you and the thing, the lies that the devil speak is not your identity. God's word and who you are in Christ Jesus as a child of God is your identity. Amen. I know, I'm sure I went off there on a little tangent. I know that's... <laughs> You're all, that's awesome, Judah. You're right. And as you were talking, you know, I heard um, a pastor say one time, you know, if the devil tells you something, you know he's lying. So God's going to do the opposite of what he said, you know, concerning you. Uh, when he says you're not able to do it, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And even as you were talking, yeah. I thought about first Peter five and seven, where it says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you, you know, and when we don't have anyone else, we can rest assured that Jesus will take all of our burdens. He will take all of our pains as we cast our cares upon him because he truly cares for us. A lot of people say they care for yeah. us. And it's because they want to get something out of us a lot of times, but God doesn't want anything. Yeah. Our heart. That's what he desires. And for us to live yeah. and just to be free to trust him that he knows what's best for us and that he will take care of us. So that is so awesome with what you were talking about. But we were also going to talk about strongholds today, because I believe that, you yeah. know, we involve ourselves with a lot of things uh, that eventually cause us to be entangled up in strongholds, whether sexual strongholds, um, you know, um, you know, pornography that is a stronghold, yeah. uh, many strongholds, even in the mind where you just have this spirit of doubt, you know, you just can't you don't have, you don't believe in yourself. And you talked about some of those things. But Judah, describe what a stronghold is for listeners and how to identify it. Uh, well, I would say this. Who is in control of you? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is the thing you can't say no to is the thing that is con in control of you. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Sometimes it's a posture and a mindset. See, I see many Christians... And I see you as you watch this, not you the, uh, yourself, I'm talking about the, end of the listener, the person who's listening, you who is listening right now. I see you. And you, you believe in Christ. You, you, you follow him with all your heart. And it's, it's like you're in this jail cell. But the shackles have been unlocked. And the door has been opened. But for some reason, you're so used to the slavery mindset sexual sin, to pornography, to drugs, to alcohol, to abusive relationships, being used, all those things. Yeah, pornography, I feel that besides someone. Mm -hmm. you've, been, you've been set free, but you're sitting in the cell with unlocked shackles, shackles and an open door because you don't believe that you're actually free, even though the truth is that you really are. And there's a lot of people who really just need to shake those shackles free. You need to walk right out of that, that, that spiritual jail cell. Because you're not in bondage anymore. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But so many Christians walk around fearful of the devil and with their head down. Mm -hmm. believe, believing that they were, are still their old identity. Before Jesus, you are a child of the devil. The Bible says that. Because we're marked by sin, we become children of the devil. But in Christ Jesus, we become adopted in his family, and your identity becomes child of God. And if you're in Christ Jesus, that's the truth. 
you're not a sinner anymore. Yes, mm-hmm. you still make mistakes. All still fall short of the glory of God. We know that. But you're covered by the blood of Jesus, not an excuse to, oh, I'm covered by the blood. I'm going to live in sin and do all the things that I love to do and now abuse God's grace like it's a get-out-of-jail-free monopoly card. That's not the cost. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So, but, but there's people, you really love Jesus. You're sold out for him. You're like, man, I am, I am not a slave to the world. If anything, I'm a slave to Christ, and I'm his friend, and I'm his son or daughter. I'm his. But you do not believe, you have unbelief in your heart that you could actually be free or that you're worthy to walk out of that cell. Saying, son, child, my daughter, my child. This is what God said, my child. I already paid the price. I, I, I've not just paid your bail. I've pardoned you. Mm-hmm. You're free. Walk out. Walk out of your grave. Walk out of your cell. Child, you're free. Do you believe me? Amen. Amen. And you know, Judah, I'm thinking about the scripture that says in Romans 8 and 1, you know, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so when you accept him into your life and you decide to give your life to him, the enemy will try to constantly talk to you and tell you that you're not worthy. Of course, none of us are worthy. But Christ, because of what he did on the cross and what he paid for us on the cross, makes us worthy because of what he did. It's because of who he is. And so when the enemy comes in and tries to hold your past uh, at you, you can say that I'm under the blood of Jesus Christ and he has saved me and he has set me free. And there is now, therefore, no condemnation. You know, the Lord convicts, but the enemy condemns. And so we have to be so careful with that. That is true. Can I actually read something? Do you mind if I read this this chapter? From my, my chapters aren't long in books; they're short. Oh, yeah, go but ahead. It's literally go exactly ahead. what we're it's li- literally exactly what we're talking about. It really breaks down condemnation and conviction. I really feel like this is going to bless someone. Um, mm-hmm. This chapter it's uh, chapter nine. It's called the condemnation free life. Uh, there is there there for there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans eight one. As you continue to walk in the freedom from your flesh that you've received in Christ, the attack of condemnation is sure to increase. Because your flesh is dying, it's going to try to cling to whatever it can in your life to survive. Mm-hmm. One of those ways is in the area of condemnation. The true followers of Christ desire to be holy, as God is holy. You can look at 1 Peter verse 16 for that. However, on this path to holiness, we're bound to be disobedient and miss the mark sooner or later. And as much as you don't want to, the reality is that you will mess up in the near future because you are simply not perfect. Uh-huh. This doesn't mean you have a free pass or an encouragement to live in sin because of God's grace. It's simply a reality that you will at some point make a mistake and sin against God. But it's in those moments that you must be able to distinguish. Distinguish. It's in those moments that you must be able to distinguish between the feeling of conviction and the attack of condemnation. Otherwise, you can feel imprisoned by your flesh once again. Here's the reality. You need to violently reject any attack of condemnation that comes against you in Jesus' name. Not today, Satan. Not ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And here's the reality. According to Strong's Concordance and Thayer's Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament, two words which mean conviction and convict in biblical Greek are alegos and alegos. 
they are defined as having your sin. This is the word conviction. They are defined as having your sin exposed by God as it's brought to the light to be pronounced guilty by evidence, yet to receive a pardon from your sin mm-hmm. through a new life in Jesus. Amen. Wow. Amen. And according to Thayer's Greek English lexicon of the New Testament, one word in biblical Greek for condemnation. So we just looked at conviction. You're, you're guilty by evidence, but you're, but you're pardoned by Christ. Then mm-hmm. we have condemnation, that word, that word, that one word, one of the words for condemnation is catacrima. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing these things right, but condemnation, <laughs> that word catacrima means to have a, a damnatory sentence. But the verdict is in. There's no hope for pardon, no hope for forgiveness, no hope for salvation. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll close this up very quickly. Conviction will lead you to repentance, while condemnation will pin you in a corner of guilt and shame, tormenting your mind, deceiving you that your identity is quote-unquote failure instead of the reality, which is follower of Christ. Your identity in Christ is follower of Christ and beloved child of God. See, conviction reveals your wrongdoing while reminding you that God's grace covers your sin. Conviction gives you the desire to seek after God more zealously because of His grace that He's shown towards you, while condemnation makes you feel scared to step foot public out of the fear that you'll displease God like I once was, but now I'm free in Christ. Praise the Lord. I literally, like I said, I made those excuses not to go out. But now instead of the devil tormenting me, and now instead of letting the devil torment you, you can torment him with your freedom. And you can Mm -hmm. freely go wherever you please and wherever the Spirit leads. Because if God freed me, he will free you. Hallelujah condemnation doesn't acknowledge the death and wrath. I want you to hear this. Condemnation, I hope you're okay with this. I'm sorry. This is oh, no, that I really feel like, I hope, oh, I hope yeah. this is a blessing. Yes. Con- condemnation doesn't acknowledge, hear this, condemnation does not acknowledge the death and resurrection of Jesus. It causes you to sulk in your sin as if Christ's blood didn't or couldn't cover it. Conviction causes you and conviction is what we should walk by, not condemnation, because therefore there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But conviction causes you to acknowledge your sin, repent, and receive the grace of God as you continue to press on toward the goal. The reality is that in Christ alone, you are a child of God who is not bound, but in fact free, forever free, because whom the Son sets free is, is really free, John eight thirty six. Don't believe the, the devil's lies that you are still bound when in all reality you are free. You are free. That's why your flesh doesn't want you to be a person of conviction. Because when you are, the flesh loses control. Conviction causes you to point out the desires of the flesh and say, Lord, get this out of me. I don't want this in me. And that comes from a place of wanting to please the Lord because he's extended so much grace to you. So be a person of conviction. And realize that no condemnation ex- exists within Jesus Christ. See, here's the thing. People go to hell because they reject Christ and therefore condemn themselves. There is no condemnation for the one who believes in Jesus. But whoever does not believe in Jesus stands condemned already. That's John 3.18. See, see John 3.18 for that. So as I, as I close this chapter right here, if you believe in Jesus... Why would you ever entertain a thought of condemnation again? And I understand it's easier said than done, and I struggle with that. I let these thoughts fester too long. We must take thoughts captive immediately. Don't let these thoughts of condemnation entertain, be entertained in your mind again. Take it captive. Take those thoughts captive, reject them, and rebuke them back to hell where they belong in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the Word of God says this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, 
I'm reading in the NASB, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Come on, you've been called to destruct spiritual fortresses that are called to be under your feet. The rest of the word says, we are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Once again, that's 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 in the NASB, in the last three or four sentences right here. Continue to strive towards holiness in Christ. Have grace towards yourself as you evidently miss the mark along the way because you are not perfect. Receive Christ's forgiveness. Forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. And ponder, the scripture to ponder is Romans 8. 1 through 18. We did not plan this beforehand. The Holy Spirit just had this spoken right now to bring this chapter up. I did not plan this at all. To God be all the glory. He loves you so much. He was listening right now. Wow. Praise God. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to talk about that. Oh, I love when the Spirit moves because the Holy Spirit knows what we don't know, and he knows what the listeners need to hear, Judah. And so that that yes. is just spirit flow. So I, I'm, I'm very appreciative for that. And even as you were talking, you know, I thought about it when you were saying that there is therefore no condemnation. And one thing I thought about, even when you were talking about condemnation versus conviction, that condemnation keeps us bound and the enemy desires to keep us bound. And so that's why he would continue to condemn us on different things. But once you are saved, second Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things are made new. And so I believe part of the problem is that once we get saved, we have to begin to get in his word and see how God sees us. And the only way that we're going to see how God sees us is through his eyes. And we can see his eyes through the word that he spoke. And it's so important that we have that relationship through the word and constantly putting that word in our spirit day by day and having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ through our prayer. And like you say, prayer and fasting, because the more we connect with him through his word, the more that old flesh will die and the more we will see the reality of what God sees in us. Do you agree with that, Judah? God, yes, God is moving and he wants you to see that your identity is not sinner anymore. In Christ, your identity is not condemnation. In Christ, your identity is delivered, freed, healed, child of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So what is what would be the first thing you recommend for listeners when they're challenged, you know, by sinful habits or addictions or stronghold? What is the first thing you recommend for them? The first thing is this. I have this sign. It's just such a great reminder for me. Have you prayed about it? <laughs> I think oftentimes, well, well, God knows. Well, here's the thing. God wants a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, he's not sitting through a, uh, at a confession booth and you can't see him and, and you can't talk to him. Like He's right there. You mm-hmm. can talk to Jesus. He can hear you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through anyone. He hears you right now, he, but he wants you to communicate with him. I'm not bashing anyone. I'm not bashing anyone. I'm just saying he's a very personable God and he is not far, but he wants us to communicate with him. It's like, if you really want to be delivered, first and foremost, pray about it. Have you? But then there's other people that are like, man, I've prayed about it so much. I've given up. And that's where I say a couple things. First off, you could be one prayer away. I heard that one time a sermon. You could be one prayer away from that. That thing coming true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could be one prayer away. From that thing coming true, don't give up. And here's the reality. I believe there's many ways that the Lord delivers. 
like I said, I've been in powerful services. I've seen God do miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm-hmm. I've seen him touch people. I've seen his, him deliver people. I've seen a demon come out of a, come out of a boy at a youth camp. He went mm-hmm. in an atheist, and he came out a believer. I've seen the miraculous power of God in the supernatural, uh, complete obvious way, and in the private moments where no one knows what I'm going through, and he delivers me. So here's the thing. Pray. Pray about it. I believe fasting and prayer is so powerful. I don't care if you, if you never read my book. Don't, you, don't, you don't need my book to be delivered. Hear me that. I'm not selling you false deliverance. All my book is going to do is point you back to Jesus because he's the deliverer. I know that if you put Jesus first and you say no, maybe you have a cigarette. Someone has a cigarette addiction. Someone right now, you have a porn addiction. Whatever your addiction is, drug addiction, alcohol, and a prescription medication, someone, someone has pain in their fingers, even nerve damage or, or some kind of broken tendons or ligaments, and you're addicted to your pain medication, and you, and you lie to yourself and say you're not, but you love popping that pill because it makes you feel better. Even someone with neck and back pain, uh, even quaaludes, someone has quaaludes, and, and you're addicted to quaaludes. God wants you to put those things up. Say, you know what? I'm going to put Jesus first. Now, here's the reality. I'm not over here saying, like, hey, everyone in their life, their, 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 their medication, like, like, guys, God invented doctors, too. I'm not over here, like, saying, like, uh-huh. like doctors uh-huh. are trash. I'm not saying that. Right. So there's wisdom. But I'm also, but I'm also not going to say everything doctors say are true. Right. Um, you know, some people are woke, and they, they think that, that, that medicine has all the answer all the time. Here's the thing. God's given us wisdom. I'm not, mm-hmm. and that's why we use discernment. We shouldn't make ever make decisions without the Holy Spirit. That's right. I think a lot of people walk around life making decisions, even medical decisions, without the Holy Spirit. So coming back to this is this: I'm not saying, hey, yeah, this guy Judah on a podcast told me to get off all my prescription medication. <laughs> I, I did not say that, and I will not be held liable for that. Uh, what I'm saying is this: is the things you're addicted to, give it up, give it to the Lord. Because mm-hmm. he'll do something with it. I, I I love the ministry Adult and Teen Challenge. These people come in addicted to drugs. They encounter the love of Jesus, and they're and they're forced to instantly, uh, you know, uh, get off that that drugs. It's not a rehab where they substitute what your meth your methamphetamine for a methamphetamine substitute. Mm-hmm. It's a straight up rehab center with some of the. I, I think it might be. Don't quote me on this. Do your research. Look up Adult and Teen Challenge. It's one of the top, uh, the the highest. Um, percentages of like of um you know completion yeah it's even been been endorsed by ronald reagan like literally these great these great leaders uh have endorsed this and people come out free they're not being substitute a drug for their drug they're being substitute a drug for an encounter with the living god and whether they accept it or not depends on whether they get delivered or not and it's crazy that like 91 percent of people who go through their program do now I, i'm not even affiliated with them like i just got i had the opportunity my wife and i had an opportunity to minister at the men's center for me and the women's center and god's moving through there and maybe and maybe that maybe the reason the holy spirit has this in my heart maybe there's someone who is addicted they specifically work you know drug addiction alcohol addiction maybe it's maybe even a medication I, I would really encourage you to look into adult and teen challenge um because god's moving there and it's not going to be easy y'all Freedom isn't easy. You know, there's sacrifice. You say, sometimes, some of you, you want the easy road. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to sacrifice anything. 
You want freedom without ever sacrificing anything. You're expecting to put the porn down, but you love opening the browser, and it's actually one of your, one of your tabs so you can quickly get there. Here's the thing. How can you expect God to bless that? You're not even willing. You're not even willing. Mm-hmm. He do whatever God can do whatever he wants. But here's the thing. You need to show a level of sacrifice. Are you willing to give up things in order to put God first? And you pray about it, and the Lord will show you. Hey, and I believe but... in doing that. Yeah. As you starve your flesh, whether you have my book or not, you're starving your flesh when you're fasting. I believe that with faith, by the time that fast is over, your flesh will be killed. You'll be delivered. No, you won't be perfect, but you'll be delivered from those things. See, when we fast, sometimes we give up things that aren't bad. I love football, mm-hmm. but say, maybe, maybe I want to go on a fast where it's like, maybe maybe I'm reading a lot of football lately. Maybe I do a fast where I, where I put that down. I don't look into football for like a, for a couple weeks. Now when, I, now, when I'm done with the fast, oh my gosh, football's a sin. What? No, but I'm going to pick it up with moderation. So there's things that I right. give up for God that we can pick back up with moderation. But then there's those sinful things, those things that have you bound, those things that feel good in the moment but always leave you dead and empty and, and even suicidal, feeling like your life is not worth living. Those are the things we're putting up and we're never going to pick up again in the name of Jesus. There's someone here. You go to the altar. You leave your burdens there, and then you turn around and you pick your burdens back up with you. God's saying, come to the altar. Come to the meeting place with God. Maybe it's right, it's right there on your knees right now in your living room, in your bedroom. Maybe it's pulling over. You're on the road right now. Maybe God's saying, hey, pull off to a parking lot. Be safe. Just take your time. When you can get pulled over, get off the highway. Don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. Maybe go pull over a parking lot. McDonald's, something like that. Whatever. The holiest place, right? McDonald's. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and have an encounter Have an encounter with the Lord. Give up. Give up. Let me give you this. Give up to God. Give up and surrender. And entrust yourself in, your, in his hands. Stop trying to be in control of the time, all the time. You're not God. Oftentimes, we try to be the God of our own lives. We try to control God, and we don't want to be controlled by God. But here's the reality. He said that his yoke, his yoke and burden is easy and light to bear. Here's the reality. It's a lot harder when you're wearing that yoke. It's a lot harder to be submitted to God's plan for your life and to walk in his plan when he's pulling you one way and you're going the other. But I promise you, if you humbly submit, he truly, he's not trying to limit your fun. And he's not, he, he just knows what's best for you. Because I find it crazy. I'll, 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 go, I'll go controversial. I don't mind because God cares enough about this. I'm someone who's listening. Yes, There's right. someone that maybe you've had a, maybe you've had a, a, a gender change. God, God still knows your true identity. He knows who you are. And he loves you. He didn't make a mistake with you. That's maybe right. homosexuality. No, no. Those are lies from the devil. And yeah, he can deliver you. You've had those, you've had those. Uh, those thoughts your whole life, he can take them. I promise you. Y'all, he's willing. He loves you. God does not hate you. I'm sorry if you've, heard, if you've felt that God hates you. And I'm not endorsing any type of you know, homosexuality or transgenderism. What I'm saying is this. He loves you enough to deliver you, to free you, to heal you. You don't have to be stuck in this because the reality is so many people who live in a homosexual and transgender lifestyle, there's some of the highest suicide rates. Mm-hmm. And I just heard this recently that, w- that one of the most affirming countries in the world has one of the highest, I think it was depression or suicide rates in that community, in the transgender and homosexual community. And it's crazy because here's the thing. We live in a world 
where you can go to a, a, a pride parade or you can go to our world will have a parade for anything that goes against what God's word is saying. Oh yeah. You can go, you can go to any, any affirming, you can go to any affirming organization. You can go to a universalist church. You know what you're going to feel? You're still going to feel empty because why are all the people that are surrounded by people who say what they're doing is okay, still depressed and suicidal. It's because you know that there is more and that even though you are being led by your feelings and you're doing, oh, follow your feelings, just follow your heart, it's still not working. You've tried everything else. Why not just try Jesus now? You know what? Don't just try him out. Go all in. He loves you. He so loved the world. The Father so loved the world that he gave his son for you, that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have eternal life. He will free you. He will deliver you. He didn't die on a cross just for you to go to church and play religion. Mm-hmm. He didn't, the, the religious people put Jesus on the cross. And I'm sorry for the religious people that have hurt you. I'm sorry for the people who called themselves Christians and actually don't know Jesus. They're just religious Pharisees, and they'd be the first one to crucify Jesus if he came here. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality. I'm so sorry for those people who have hurt you. I'm sorry for the people that I've hurt in the name of Jesus. I'm not perfect. But I promise you, there's a perfect God, and He loves you so much. He's willing. He, he's not waiting. You feel like you need to be perfect before you can go to church again. Church is important. you got to go. And you feel, you feel like you have to be perfect before you can come to His presence and pray to Him. But He's saying, my daughter, my child, my son, come to me now. All of you are slow weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest for your souls. I'm not waiting for you to be perfect because you're never going to get there. Then come to me now. I'll meet you where you're at. Yes, I will accept you as you are. I won't condone your sin, but I will accept you as you are. And as you submit to me, I will transform your life. You'll never be the same. Some of you think, I wish I lived a different life. I wish I could do life over again. I hate my life. Someone says, I want to kill myself. No, Jesus is saying your life is worth living, and that's biblical, that's scriptural, that's God's word, your life. He says he loves you, Jesus loves you. God has a plan for you. He says your life is, undoubtedly, your life is worth living, my child. But come to him, he'll transform you, and he loves you. There's no time to wait, Just, just talk to him. Does not have to be super religious. Holiest God art thou in the heavens. I come before thee. Like what? Who talks like that? No. <laughs> Just come a simple prayer from your heart. Talk to the Almighty God, whether you're in your car. <laughs> Some of y'all might be in the bathroom. <laughs> wherever wherever you are, God will meet you there. Just pray a simple prayer from your heart. Believe that you'll encounter him. And I, I really believe the Lord's leading here. And I really, I just want to, I want to appreciate and honor the podcast host and this podcast for her sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, because she, I can tell that you do not have a self-serving agenda. And I can tell that you're really just wanting the Holy Spirit to move and God's going to honor that. And, and, and God moves powerfully in environments where his spirit is not quenched. I believe that we are lacking revival in our nation because mm-hmm. we have many places that are stuck on timelines and want to quench the spirit. Yes, there is order but there's too much clinching that's been going on. So I honor you for that. I honor you, sister in Christ, for that. But I really believe the Holy Spirit's reminding us of uh, Romans. Uh, was there, is it Romans 9? Romans 10, 9 through 11? It, it's in Romans 9 or 10. 
where Jesus it says, if you openly confess, openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. No matter who you are, you are Gentile, no matter who you are, slave or free, no matter who you are, make Jesus your Lord, you'll be saved. Because the Bible says, any, everyone who trusts in the Lord, you'll never be disgraced. You'll be saved. Call in the name of the Lord. You will be saved. I believe there's someone right now who needs to give their life to Jesus. Well, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. No, there's no time to wait. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen a man die in front of my very eyes. He flew off of a, bu- a motorcycle, landed on his head, blood spilling everywhere, pulled out of the car, dead, just like that. He was just riding his motorcycle. Not speaking fear, I'm speaking truth. There's no time to wait. You either make your decision, you're going in for Jesus, or you're going out and you're rejecting him. Jesus says, I don't want lukewarm people with half, half foot in, half foot out. You're being condemning. No, I'm not. That's the Bible. That's, that, that's in the scriptures. That's in the scriptures. He wants people to be uncompromising, and he wants people to go all in. And he's saying, make your decision. He's saying, I'm calling you to me because I love you. But I, you need to choose to love me, is what God's saying. You need to choose to love me. I won't force you. So, so what's your decision? Make your decision. Amen. And you know, Judah, while you were talking, the scripture you were quoting Romans 10, 9 through 10, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And I feel the Holy Spirit present so strong today, Judah. Would you pray for those listening, struggling with sinful habits, strongholds, and addictions, and even those that want to come to the Lord Jesus? You could pray for them right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will do that. And, and I want to say first, God be all the glory. I'm not, I'm not looking for people to come to me and be like, oh, I need to follow this next person. We live in a culture where people idolize their pastors. Oh, mm-hmm. we need pastors. We need church. But stop idolizing your, your pastor. He is yes. not the prophet of God who only hears from the Lord. If you go to a place where they say their pastor or their prophet or whatever is the only person who hears from the Lord, you're in a cult. If you found mm-hmm. a perfect church, you're in a cult. No, run from that. We need to, don't, don't put your eyes on me. Put your eyes on Jesus. He can yes. save you. I can't. I'm, I'm flawed. He's flawless. So yes. I, I just want to encourage you. I, I, I want to pray. Uh, for, let's, let, let's pray for salvation first. And then I also just want to pray whatever the Spirit leads to pray after that. So if you, wherever you are right now, you could even be driving. You could pray this prayer. And maybe you're like, well, I've already prayed the prayer. Let me tell you something. There is no the prayer. <laughs> there is no the salvation prayer in the Bible. It, it is, mm-hmm. we, 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 pull, we pull prayers and we lead you through it to help you through skip scriptural prayers. Well, maybe you've gone through a prayer, but you were thinking about Subway and you're eating fresh when you weren't even thinking about Jesus. You're like, I want, I'm thinking, I want my five dollar foot long with roast beef and ham and turkey. I'm like, like you weren't saved when you were thinking about roast beef and praying, praying a prayer. It's like we need to be fully committed to the Lord and realize that what we're doing. The Bible says, count the cost. You're forsaking your old sinful life, and you'll be born again into a new life. That might mean that some people that used to run with and hang with won't want to hang out with you. You might get made fun of, but you're blessed to live in America. You want to know why? Maybe I hope there's other people in other countries listening to this. Uh, I know a lot of people live in America, and here's the reality. In foreign countries, you can get your head chopped off for giving your life to Jesus. In America, the worst, the worst person. 
The worst persecution you're going to have is someone making fun of you or putting someone on social, social media. And you know what? Yeah, it doesn't feel good, but we have it so easy in America. And if you are that brother or sister in a foreign country, keep pressing on. We see you. We're praying for you. We'll, uh, well, we're praying for you. But if you do want to give your life to Jesus, I'm simply going to ask you to repeat something simple with me, with us, and, uh, and believe it. Because if you didn't believe it in the past, nothing changed. You have to really believe that you're worthy and forgiven and that you are surrendering. And you will be saved. You will be. Amen. You can even repeat after me. Um, Father God, thank you that you loved me so much that you saw me worthy and valuable enough to place your son on the cross to bring me back from the dead by allowing your son to die for me on my behalf. Lord God, I should have been on that cross. Help me every time when I look at a cross to realize that, that that's what I should have been. But it's because you sent your son to die for me that I can be forgiven. God, I thank you that he is not dead. Jesus is not dead. He ascended by the power of the Holy Spirit on the third day, Holy Spirit, you raised him from the dead. And I openly confess that Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's, you're my master now, Jesus. You're my owner. You're in control now. I'm not God. You are. I repent and turn from all my sins and my wicked ways. I know I won't be perfect. Help me to have grace for myself and to receive your grace. Believe and trust that I'm worthy. But help me also not to abuse your grace. Help me to follow you every day with all my heart. Like I said, this is Jesus and Lord. God, you raised him from the dead. Now I believe that I'm saved. Now I believe, Holy Spirit, that you now live in me. And though I don't know everything, though I'm just beginning, I know that I was once lost, but now I'm found. Now I'm saved. Now I'm forgiven. Now I'm healed. Now I'm delivered. And now I'll go to heaven someday. But I'm not just sitting here to wait for you to bring me to heaven. I now have a relationship here on earth. And you live inside me now, Holy Spirit. So help me to get in the Bible-based church, surrounded by biblical community, Help me to have grace for those people I will do life with. Even when Christians hurt me, I know that's not you, because we're all flawed. We're all flawed people loved by a flawless God. Help me to forgive as I've been forgiven. Help me to walk with you daily. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to worship you in my life with all that I am daily. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You're saved. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. the Lord. Do, do you want me to pray for, uh, just, just pray whatever the Spirit leads? Uh, yes. For just yes. To close, okay. uh, close us out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, right now in that car, I know your presence. I know they felt it. Yes. They felt peace that surpasses all understanding. Don't be alarmed and don't second guess yourself. That's Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, make your presence known in that room. Yes, Lord. Your tangible presence in that car. 
in that bathroom, wherever. Maybe in the tub. Someone might be chilling. You see them and you love them. You see everyone and you meet them where they are. Let your presence be made known there. That person who feels like they're drowning underwater, save them. Give them relief. Breathe breath into their lungs. Breathe life into them at once again. I pray for that believer who's lost first love to come back right now. Yes, that person who's got a broken finger, broken uh, finger in your your right, your right hand. Lord, I pray right now. You'd even grow that uneven finger mm-hmm. that they've always bothered them all their life and they've been made fun of. Grow it out right now in Jesus' name. Heal broken fingers, broken tendons and ligaments. Yes, Comfort those people who are hurting. Well, I know and love very well and people who are listening to this they're hurting because they're very stressed with work yes Jesus. they're very they're very they don't want to be where they are they've been hurt by people who've called themselves Christians and God wants you to know that wasn't him you need to forgive them just as I've forgiven you Lord help them to forgive and embrace the reality that can't be forgiven if we don't forgive we must forgive lord help them it's hard lord help us we release just release it you can even breathe in and as you breathe out just release those offenses you can say i cancel the debt that they owe me i forgive that person even for that sin too lord help them to forgive just because i guess just just help them to forgive i know that thing really hurt them i know it ruined their life it was so detrimental. They've always told themselves and they've always been raised and been trained to say, I'll never forgive them. Lord, help them to forgive them. So that because they, can, they, they, they won't know you. They won't, be able to, they won't be able to go to heaven with you and they hold on unforgiveness. That's what your word says. You need to, they need to forgive. Help them, Lord. I pray that this time bears fruit. I pray that the only name that glor- is glorified is neither of ours, but only yours, Jesus. None of them follow after more men and women, but they follow after you, Jesus. They do not neglect the church. There's people here, you have church hurt. God's removing that bitterness and pain from your heart. There's someone you're really holding on. I can feel it. I can feel like you're you're clenching your own heart. You need to let go because you're just hurting yourself. Some people don't even know they hurt you. Forgive, let go, move on. It's easier said than done. And I God's dressing you. He's saying, you need to pray to bless them. Pray to bless your enemies. Bless those who curse you. You need to start praying for those who curse you and hurt you. And you need to start praying with all your heart. God, that's what Jesus did for you. We were enemies. <laughs> and he prayed for us. He came for us. Just as he came and just as he did, so do we. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I really feel the presence of the Lord. And listeners, as the prayers were going forward, take your healing, take your deliverance by faith. Uh, and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to minister to you, even after this podcast ends. Go in your closet or yeah. where you 
are just stay right there and let him do a complete healing because i see some of you just really crying out to the lord and that's just the holy spirit purging you of all the hurt and addictions and things that you've gone through i remember the times where i was hurt went through sexual abuse and i could not stop the tears but that was a part of god purging and this process of healing and cleansing me and so for a lot of you right now the holy spirit is cleansing you and allow that cleansing spirit of god to flow through you to begin to flow in your mind and your spirit and your heart as he begins to purge you and you are a new creation in Christ. You are a new person in him and you're going to see clearer than you've ever seen before. And it's going to be like, there's a new sunlight, even the spirit of depression that has attacked some of you to where it seems like you can't get rid of that depression. The Holy spirit is there and he has broken that depression off of your mind, off of your heart and off of your spirit. You'll no longer be tormented because you're under the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, in here today, Holy Spirit. We just thank you and we just honor you for being a part of this podcast. We take it not for granted and we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Judah, thank you so much for Amen. allowing the Holy Spirit uh, to just have his way. That's what it's about, allowing the Holy Spirit to be glorified, allowing Jesus to be glorified. Amen. God to be glorified. So thank you again for allowing the Holy Spirit to use you today. Praise God. Yes. And thank you again for having me on your podcast and allowing me the platform to do so. And being a leader who says, you know what, maybe I had my agenda, maybe I had my plans, but isn't it the best when we allow God to wreck our plans? Oh, and yeah. I appreciate you for being a person that says, you know what, I'm not going to quench the spirit of God. That's mm-hmm. just, I honor you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And Judah, would you let the listeners know how they could get in contact with you? Absolutely. Um, so uh, our website, or our, so our ministry is American Revival Ministries. The acronym is ARM, you know, ARM, like we're the arm of the body of Christ. Um, there's a few ways. You can go to our website, www.godsarm.org, G-O-D-S-A-R-M.org. Um, we also have social media. You can just type in on Instagram or Facebook, American Revival Ministries, um, even ARM, and we should pop up. Um, and check out if you're interested in my book. It's on Amazon, Starve the Flesh. Uh, it's only $5.99. Uh, if you go to Starbucks every day, if you get your cup of coffee, you can definitely afford it because that's our heart. We wanted it to be affordable so anyone could, uh, could, could have it. But pray about what the Lord wants you to do. Maybe the Lord wants you to read another book. But most importantly, he is calling you read, to read his book. And he's calling you to read it every day. And his book is perfect. Mine is not. <laughs> so read the Bible above all else, please. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And listeners, we'll also have his links at the link at below this podcast. So you can get the links and you can go directly to Judah's site and you can go find out more information, get the book and all, a whole lot of what's going on and what Judah and them are doing with the ministry as well. And so listeners, we thank God for you and we continue to pray heaven to shine upon you. And until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.